Is it getting awkward that I get introduced every time now? Like, I think, I don't know, I don't know what else to do about that, but I think it's kind of getting funny just introducing me every time. Just so you know, I don't, I don't like set up having to be introduced. That's not like a Sinjin thing, just so you know. I'm just going to move closer to you guys, is that okay? No? Oh. Is this further, Delaney, or is this okay further? No? Okay, a little bit closer. So, oh, Summer, come on. Jeez. All right, team. Well, look, I'm really excited, as always, to be here sharing with you. And I kind of feel like I always say that I'm really excited to be sharing with you. But the truth is that every time God talks to me about something that I can come and share with you guys, I do get excited about it. Because there's a reason I've been in youth ministry for a number of years, as Claire kindly didn't mention. Uh, and there's a reason why I hang around and there's a reason why I hang out with some of you guys on my weekends and, and why I'm always stoked to see you is because I absolutely love you guys. And um, I want to keep on going sort of on the topic that I started last week. If you're here last week, you know, I introduced this idea of identity and where we find our identity and what your identity might be. And I want to keep on going on that topic because, you know, as I spend time with you guys and, and talk to people who spend time with some alternative, awesome groups of young people, I think that identity is a, a really difficult thing for you guys. And I know it was like kind of difficult uh, for me and my friends when we were in high school, but uh, I think that it is a... A, a continuingly difficult topic. Who you are and, and how you figure out who you want to be and where you find your value and where you find your self-worth. That's all what I'm talking about when I talk about identity. And you know, there's, you know, one of the things about talking to a youth group is there's a big range of ages in the room. So I think if you're like probably one of the older youth in the room, you probably know exactly what I'm talking about already. And maybe for some of the younger crew in the room, you might not exactly listen to what I have to say tonight and go, oh, I have those exact problems or I find that exactly difficult right now. But there's a chance you will in future. So I want to take the opportunity to talk to you about it anyway. Is that cool with everyone? So I want to start off with a saying that I've, I've heard around the place uh, the place, whatever place, uh, there's no place, I don't know, just that I've heard. Uh, one of the, uh, the saying I've heard, which is this, the comparison is the thief of joy. Comparison is the thief of joy. And this revolves around this idea that maybe one of the things that often makes us sad or might make life a little bit hard or might make us not feel good about ourselves is when we look at how other people are living their lives, what other people are doing, what sort of personalities other people have and compare them to ourselves that it steals joy out of our own lives because maybe that makes us feel like we're not as good as that person or we're not as successful as that person or we don't have as good a character as that person. And so this saying, comparison is the thief of joy that comes out of that. And I think it's kind of true. It's kind of true. So stick with me because I think it's kind of true. But later on, I also want to talk about a way in which I think it's not actually true as well. Look, when we compare ourselves to others, there's two main outcomes. 
if we're kind of serious about it, if we look at another person and we go down the road of comparing ourselves to somebody else, which is a very natural human thing to do, we all do it automatically all the time, there's only really two outcomes that will typically happen, right? Either you feel pretty happy with yourself compared to that person or you feel pretty crap with yourself compared to that person. That's pretty obvious, right? They're kind of the two options. Your option one, I have it way more together than them. This is a dangerous place to be because it can easily lead to you becoming an arrogant person or a person who's not very caring about the people around you. So there's a danger of thinking of yourself too highly when you don't really deserve it. Because normally to think about yourself that way, you really are trying to find the flaws in somebody else. And I personally don't think that friendships work very well when we go around looking for the flaws in each other all the time. But the other side can be dangerous as well. Um, yeah, the other side can be dangerous as well. And I think it's more common. It's that we look at other people and we think they have it way more together than I do. Which leads, obviously, not to arrogance, but to discouragement. And I think that we like quite naturally do this all the time. Especially as we're growing up, I think, I was talking to a couple of boys about this the other day. They were, uh, I hope they don't mind me sharing this, it's not very personal, it's okay. But they were talking about the fact that they were like now the year 12s in school. And they remember when they were like year 7s and they looked at the year 12s and like, oh, look at the year 12s, they're so grown up, they have it all together. And now that they're the year 12s, they're thinking like, we do not have it together like we thought the year 12s had it together. And I think this is a perfect example of the comparison trap. And there's this, uh, and I think that this is true, is that I think we have to be aware that that is a trap we can fall into. And now uh, there's this great pastor who I really love, Stephen Furtick, and he has this really great one-liner about, about how we can do that sometimes, which is, or how to stop doing that, which is you've got to stop comparing your life to other people's highlights reel. Because the reality is when we talk to our friends or we post on Facebook or we post on Instagram or we send a great photo on Snapchat, the vast majority of the time we're sending out the highlights of our lives to everybody around to see. And if you only ever look at the highlights of somebody's life, you will think that they are living the dream. And I will tell you, I have spoken to young people whose Facebook page says, I'm living the best life possible, I'm going to parties, I'm stoked, I've got a girlfriend, everything is perfect. But when I've talked to them, that is not true. That that is, well, that is true in that moment, but that isn't the summary of their life. That's like the summary of one good moment that they've chosen to post. And so that's this idea of stop comparing yourself to somebody else's highlight reel. Because the problem with comparing ourselves to a highlight reel is that we all want to be loved, we all want to be successful, and if we see other people who seem more loved or more successful than us, we get discouraged. We feel a gap. We feel vulnerable about that part of ourselves. Maybe that's, that person seems to have heaps of friends and I don't have that many friends and we feel vulnerable because of that. And our natural reaction is to try and protect ourselves from being hurt. Who here knows as humans, we try to avoid 
getting hurt, right? We don't typically stick our hands on hot barbecues on purpose. We do that by accident because we're naturally wired to try and avoid getting hurt. I think we do that when we see these highlight reels and we don't feel good enough about ourselves. We try to protect ourselves. Um, And what we do is, I've just got to get something, but what we end up doing is we end up putting up a bit of a front, right? Who's ever put up a bit of a front, like pretended to be doing better than they actually are? Like I I have, obviously, obviously I have. So I've put up a front sometimes. I've bought a front with me. Uh, it's a blank front at the moment. Um, but we could um, put something good on this front, I think. Hey, Morgan, you want to jump up and just hold this up for me for a sec? Yeah, Morgan, what a guy. If you, <laughs> if you can just hold it up for me for a sec, that'd be great. I'm just going to write some stuff on the front. So uh, we can put up a front. And uh, normally we put up fronts that look like other people's highlights real, right? So we might put up uh, lots of friends, lots of friends. Who else has to think really hard about which order the I and the E go in in the word friends? I don't even know if I got it right. Let's pretend I did and move on. Um, maybe we'll just put up, maybe we we'll just put up a front of feeling happier than we actually are, right? Happy. Or maybe when we're feeling a bit vulnerable about how our school results are going, we might inflate that or we might talk about the one subject that we're doing really good at and we just omit talking about the subjects we're not doing really good at because we want to look successful. I should have chosen easier words to spell before I got up here and started writing things. So there can be all, lots, all sorts of things up here. I think the other thing that we can put up as a front sometimes is if we have like a girlfriend or a boyfriend, we can put that in the place of our real happiness. Like maybe that's not going so well, but we feel so good about having a girlfriend or a boyfriend that we put that up there. Like that's a successful thing. So let's just go partner. I mean, this could be all sorts of things. It could be I'm a boss at Fortnite. That could be the front that you put up. That wouldn't be the front that I put up because I would have nothing to back it up. There can be all sorts of things we put on there. Do you get what I'm, you see what I'm getting at, right? So this isn't Morgan's front. This is my front. Thanks, mate. Uh, So this is my front now. I, uh, I don't want people, I don't want people to be able to see me past this front. This is the front that I'm putting up. But the interesting thing about this front is that, um, it's kind of lonely back here, actually. It's just me. Everybody else thinks that I'm all of these things. But back here, behind the front that I put up, there's just me. And I know that all the things written on the front of this maybe aren't what I am right now. But everybody else thinks I'm okay. So then, am I okay? Or am I just alone with a really good facade that says I'm doing well when really I'm not? I think sometimes when we, I think sometimes when we, we build a front, we're often surprised that we find ourselves behind a wall, away from other people. And the thing that we wanted to help us connect with other people is actually the thing that's getting in the way of us being able to connect with other people. The thing that we thought would make us really look good to our friends 
is holding us back from being who we want to be or, or maybe even connecting with Jesus. So is this such thing as healthy comparison? Because I said I was going to come back to this idea, comparison is the thief of joy, and say that I don't think it's 100% true. And I, I think my reason for why it's not 100% true is one of the ways we can combat comparison is to use it in a healthy way, to use it in a way that instead of having to put this up to shield ourselves from life, we can use it to build a life that we actually want, where we're actually all of the things written on there, where we're actually happy, where we're actually successful in the things that matter to us. And so this is, uh, this is how I would say you can use comparison well, which is to change change comparison from being something that causes you to go into protection mode to using it strategically to go into an aspirational mode, to use comparison to start picking who you want to be, to look at others and say, instead of saying, I'm not doing as well as them, say, I want to be doing as well as them one day and I'm going to figure out how to get there. And that is, I think, a place where we can get into healthy comparison. And this is what it comes down to. It comes down to who do I want to be? Not just what do I want to do, not like what do I want to look like to my friends, not what do I want my life, I don't want, just want my life to look really good, but who do I want to be? What is my character going to be like? When my friends describe me to others, what are they going to say? What is my identity going to be? Because like your identity being like, I have a good time at parties, is not an identity that'll last you for that long. Even it only takes, it only takes an injury if your identity is all about sports. It only takes an injury to tear that identity down and for you to be in a difficult place. And so the only thing we have to fall back on is who we are without the activities that we do, without just the friends that we have, but who we are. So who do you want to be? Your core identity. What would your character be like? How would you treat others? How would you treat others when they don't treat you well? What worthwhile things would you put your time into that you're not currently putting time into? Who do you want to be? What do you want to be known for? And then if we come back to the aspirational, the aspirational comparison, the healthy comparison, we can look around and go, well, if these are the things that I want to be, who else can I see around me in my life who looks like that? Who can I look to to compare myself to and go, I want to turn out like that person? Because if you can think about who you want to be, you can start, you can stop comparing yourself to people that you don't actually want to be like. Because I think sometimes when we start looking at these highlights real, we can go, well, that looks really fun. But if you get to know that person and you stop and think about what the background of that is, you go, well, it looks like they had fun at that party, but that's not actually who I want to be. And we can start looking for the people who are like what we actually want to be. And in fact, you don't have to feel, you don't even have to, uh, you can break the, the arrogance chain as well. Because instead of looking down on people that 
you're so much better than. Instead of looking down on them, you can say, man, there's an opportunity for me to support that person. You know, that person I normally look down on and I'm not really keen on hanging out with at school, maybe there's a way I can bring them somewhere where they hear a better message about their identity, where they hear a better message about what life could be like. And so then if there's someone who looks like you want to look like, you can spend time with them, you can make them your friends, you can get tips from them, and you can work on being like that. One of my favorite sayings that I say to young people all the time is that if you show me your three best friends, I can tell you what your character will be and what your identity will be like in five years' time. And that has so far, since I heard that theory, held 100% true in my experience. So, we get to the pointy end of the message. That's all nice. That's good information. I hope we're all on board with the point that I'm trying to get across. But what does this all mean for us this week? What can we do with this information? Well, tonight's message is similar to last week's, that if you are here and you're not super interested in faith, we're stoked that you're here. We love having fun with you. I hope that you heard something interesting in that message. And I think that what I've said so far is good advice, whether you add God to it or not. But with God, can I tell you, it goes to the next level. And so if you're not interested in faith anymore, I would say this is the perfect place for you. And you can come here for as long as you want, not interested in faith. But maybe just in the back of your head say, I don't know, maybe there is something to that for me. That's all I'm asking you. So, but let's move into that. Let's move into the God bit. I love God. I believe in all that stuff. I'm stoked on it. Um, Let's actually start somewhere else. Let's start with who I want to be. Not like the generic, you need to think about who I want to, like, who do I actually want to be? I made a bit of a list, and these are the things. I thought about the people that I've looked up to over the years and the things where I've tried to use aspirational comparison. I want to be generous with everything that I have. My time, money, skills, my house, my car, whatever it is. I want to be generous with everything that I'm lucky enough to have. I want to listen more than I speak. You're allowed to laugh at that because I'm currently speaking for a long time. Uh, I appreciate that. In normal conversation, I try to listen more than I speak. I want to be an encourager wherever I am. I want to be known more for building people up than for being funny by tearing them down. I want to support and grow people always. I never want to become arrogant in response to where they are at. I want to put God first in my life, always, and put my family second, always. Which might sound a little bit funny, but what I mean is always God, then family, then everything else. I don't want anything else to sneak into spot two above family. I want to do what is right and what is good, not what's easy. And I want to be who God made me to be, not a copy of somebody else. And I can tell you that for me personally, 
it took me a long time to be comfortable with that idea of being who God made me to be and not trying to just be more like other people. Of looking aspirationally to people, I want to be more like that because those are the parts that are already in me that I like, not because I just want to be a copy of that person. That took me a long time to get used to and I think that's a scary thought for some people. I think for me, if I was 17 years old, I would have said that that was a scary thought because I was putting a lot of effort into putting up a front and I was feeling pretty lonely a lot of the time. Let's put this way in the Bible. Do not love this world, all the things it offers you. For when you love the world, you do world, you do not have the love of the Father in you. For the world offers only a craving for physical pleasure, a craving for everything we see, and pride in our achievements and possessions. And these aren't from the Father, but they're from the world. And the world is fading away, along with everything people crave. But anyone who does what pleases God will live forever. And, and more than that, Jesus also says, which comes to the reason this church exists, is that the thief's purpose, the world, the people who don't want you to be who you were built to be, they've come to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus' purpose is to give you a rich and satisfying life. And my heart for everyone in this room is that you wouldn't have an easy life. My heart for everyone in this room is that you wouldn't skate through the easiest path, the happiest path, but that you would have the most good, most full, most exciting, most real life that you were built for. And that's only possible because of Jesus. And... We'll talk more about Jesus through the year. But if you don't know much about him, all I can tell you is that that's the plan he has for your life. He loves you. He wants to speak to you more. He wants to be a part of your life. And if you want to know more about that, if that sounds pretty interesting, then you're in the right place. It's as simple as that. And I think because of that, there's a message. There's something in this message for everyone in the room. I also think there's some things I've spoken about tonight that are pretty specifically applicable to some people in this room as well. So I want to take an opportunity to pray for you if that's you. I'm not going to get you to do anything crazy or stand up or get embarrassed or anything. Um, But I do actually have one last tiny minor sub point. I think there are some people in this room who have probably heard this message before because you've been around youth for a long time and you you get the identity thing and I need to follow you. And I get that. That's cool. I'm stoked that you are here. I'm glad that you got to hear it again just in case. But then this is my challenge for you this week. Who do you know who hasn't heard this message and needs to hear it? Because you have the opportunity to invite them to this place so that they can hear it and they can stop being lonely behind that wall and they can step into the real and full life that Jesus has for them. So that's my challenge to you. So I'm, I'm going to pray. Maybe actually if we just all stand while I pray, if that'd be okay with everyone, that'd be great. <laughs> just wrecking the stage for the band. Hey, um... If you don't know what praying is about, we're talking about people who maybe aren't from around church. We're just talking to God. Sometimes you might have come across praying and people use lots of fancy words and talk lots, but 
I'm a simple man and I'm not very good at fancy, very spiritual prayers. So I talk pretty plain. So I'm just warning you in advance. But that's cool because God just loves it when we talk to him. So we'll just close our eyes and talk to him real quick. Hey, God, I just thank you so much that you have a plan for all of us, that you want a full and real life, not a shallow and empty life. And God, I just believe that that comes through you. And, and I believe that in the words that you've spoken to me and, and that hopefully I've shared, I just pray that you would um, have brought those through into people's hearts, that you would have turned my normal human words into supernatural words. And that there are people here who are impacted by this message of identity. And God, I just pray that right now and in the coming days and in the coming weeks that you would speak so clearly to those people who are responding to you inside their own heads and their own hearts in this moment. Lord, I just pray that you would speak to them about the plans that you have. I pray that you would speak to them about the skills and abilities that you have for them, God. I just pray that if they are in a place where they are feeling lonely, that they would be able to feel first your presence and then be able to hook into this place and start tearing down the facade so that they can find out more about what their identity should be. Lord, we just love you so much. We love you. We love that you want our lives to be more full. We love that you want to talk to us. So God, we just pray in this next couple of minutes that if we would have ears, that you would talk to us. In your name, amen.